letting your eyes close. And let's take one hand to heart and one hand to belly today. Just feeling yourself drop into presence. That practice of turning inward. noticing as your gaze goes inside how it's feeling for you today there's your body your emotions your heart workings of your mind And then always with us is the one who watches, the one who can perceive all these things. And who rests back into the vastness. Who is always spacious. can connect with that, like the card said, that becomes a thread. Where we connect back to God, to spirit, and ultimately into our own expansive love. Deep breath in. Hold really, really full. And then exhale out the mouth. (sighs) Again like that. Big full breath in. Exhaling out the mouth. Noticing your own energy from that place of witness consciousness, from that vastness. When you can stay like this, just snuggling and holding yourself, or drop your hands, lift your chin, and open your eyes. Okay, friends. Um, holy smokes. We have an interesting topic today. Um, We're going to be talking about duality um, and oneness and how we can work with that in our everyday lives, Um, thinking about boundaries a little bit and codependency and enmeshment um, versus being responsible for our own business. Uh, And I don't know about all of you, (laughs) but it can be a very confusing topic, especially as a yogi. So we're going to parse some of that out today because I think it's actually really important work to do. Um, Right now and always, as I've been saying for the past couple of months or so, the expectation that the world changes while we stay the same is a false expectation. 
And so the work of going inward and beginning to know ourselves and understand ourselves better is um, a non-negotiable right now. And so just in showing up and being here and being in this class and being in this community, you're like there, you know, like you're willing and ready to engage with the tapas, right? With that friction of being able to work with our own, um, our own process of austerity and discipline and removing what stands between us and our own brilliance. So, um, okay. So we're gonna set it up with birth. So we come into this body um, with a certain energy or karma, right? If we think of karma as the energetic imprint that we're born um, with from whatever lifetime or energy force or wherever we're coming from, we come into this body, into our families with a certain kind of karma. Um, And Ram Dass's teacher said that karma and grace are essentially the same thing because when we work through our karma, right, when we get that moment where we feel the friction, like there's, oh, there's something here that needs to be worked on. That's usually the moment when we call up spirit, when we call up love and we're like, I need help working on this. So it can be a window and a doorway into grace, our karma. But it's not sort of a rational thought. Um, And as we move through this incarnation, right, in this body, this is like wild yogic terms, I'm just telling you how it is that we're engaged in the divine play, which the yogic word for that is lila. And that means that there's an us and God or goddess Shakti, right? That we're in play with. And that that's the beauty of duality, of living in this play, of me being me and having that spark of divinity in me and then you being you and having the spark of divinity in you, and then we get to play together, and then we also get to work in co-collaboration with spirit together, right? Um, So that's sort of the setup. Um, And then that means that then there's my business, my karmic business to work with, and then you have your karmic business to work with, right? And when we start to begin to get confused, about whose business is whose, and I began to think that if you just worked out your business, right, if you did something that um, I think you should be doing, then I then would be happy and content and everything would be fine. Um, And there, I don't know about you guys, but there's nothing, I don't know, there's nothing worse than being with someone who, (laughs) in relationship with someone who thinks that they know what you should do, right? It feels, I feel unheard, I feel um, unseen, unappreciated, not respected. It feels very um, enmeshed and codependent and constrictive and confusing, like that card talked about, right? Um, like that sort of rigid feeling. And so it's when our well-being starts to get tied with someone else's well-being that it gets really confusing, and it's just confusion about what's going on. And it can look like enmeshment, entanglement, codependency, this real like grasping, right? This longing for control. And that we then project onto another person. Like, oh, if my kids would just like clean their dishes, then I'd be happy. Or if my partner would just, um, I don't know, eat different food, then I would be happy. (laughs) We start to put these expectations, this projection outward, right? And this um, enmeshment and this grasping arises out of a feeling of longing and incompleteness and a feeling that we aren't 
whole, right? It's when we forget that we are whole, when we forget that we are perfect, when we forget that we are, um, that we're always connected, right? And not separate, that these feelings of enmeshment and codependency happen. That's where it arises from. But this is the paradox because I can hear the question already. You're like, yes, but Audra, you say that we are all connected and that there is no separation and that um, my well-being depends upon your well-being and um, we can't expect the world to change <laughs> if we remain the same. And so how can we, why isn't enmeshment just totally fine? And yes, all of those things are true and we still need to take part in the divine play and be in our own karma and not someone else's, right? That's what the Bhagavad Gita tells us. It is better to work with our own dharma poorly than it is to try and be in someone else's dharma, right? It says it very, very clearly. And and yet we're born into this, like, particular body, right? Um, with this particular karma and... That's the like beingness of us. And there's the connection that exists between all things, right? That there's very little um, actual separation between us. So it's both and, the oneness and the play. Get it? It's a little bit confusing. I love a paradox, which is why I'm really into this. So what does this look like in our lives? I'll give you a revealing dating update to let you know. (laughs) Um, Dating your way to spiritual freedom with Audra Carmini. Uh, so my partner and I have been together for about a year and a half. And at the beginning, I don't know if you guys remember those of you who've been around for a while, but I was very like, my daughter makes fun of us cause it's a year and a half later. And she's like, so how's it going with Ben? Is it still so casual? You know? <laughs> um, and because at the beginning it was like, it's just casual, like a lot of like a lot of separation, right? because I was very afraid. And so it felt easy to be in the duality, to keep the duality of there's me and there's him and we come together and we move apart. But then when it began to feel to me like that current of love between us, that current of connection between us was very steady, right? It might. This can happen um, in a workplace situation. This can happen in a love situation with a, a like a romantic partner this can happen in a with a child oftentimes right um this can happen in a workplace where you've had a job for a really long time any of those places are places where this kind of entanglement can happen we feel the steadiness happen right and then we start to have expectations and grasping so as soon it was like the day but I felt like this steadiness, like, oh, this is kind of a thing, right? That I began to fault find, <laughs> like that very same day. And I began to think things, um, for example, like, does he watch too much TV, <laughs> right? Um, or I don't know, anything like that. Does he, is he not like coming into town enough, you know? Are we seeing each other too much? Are we seeing each other too little? I started to like grasp and like want him to do things. I'm like blushing because it's a little embarrassing. Um, because I want, we wanted him to do things differently. So then somehow I would feel okay. And whenever we are fault finding friends, 
it is coming from fear, right? So when the love became steady, when I was more invested in the divine play and the Leela, right? Then I got afraid and moved towards codependency and moves towards enmeshment, right? Where what he was doing was somehow going to affect my well-being. When the reality is, is that my well-being is my responsibility, right? Um, Byron Katie has this funny story where she talks about how her mantra when she was a young mother before she had her awakening was, I want my kids to pick up their socks, that that would have made her happy. (laughs) And then she realized that her kids were perfectly happy not picking up their socks, right? And that it was her who wanted the socks picked up and that when she just picked up the socks, she actually found joy in it, right? That it was like um, an action coming from inside of her that had nothing to do with like codependent enmeshment. So, um, hmm. So this is how enmeshment creates suffering, right? We forget that we are whole. We forget that we have our own karmic energy to work out. And then we put that on someone else. We project that feeling of not being whole on someone else and think that if they would just do something, then I would feel whole. And the trick with that is that They might do that thing, but then there's going to be another thing and another thing and another thing. And I'm sure many of you have felt like this and it never gets resolved because the actual core root issue of it is us realizing that we are whole and perfect just as we are and that our karmic business is our karmic business. So um, since that moment happened and I caught it in a day, I was very proud of myself. I was like, divorce is a really healthy process to go to go through for some of us because we learn these big things about ourselves and see how we um, blocked ourselves from love and acceptance, right? And so expansive accepting and saying yes to what is, to who another person is, and stop trying to make them be someone that you want them to be is ultimately freedom, right? I walked into um, the room the other day and my partner was watching UFC fighting and he was sitting there like this and he was like, do you think I'm such a dork? Because he was like all nervous about the fight and I was like, I just love everything about you. And I felt in that moment the truth of that, that there is actually nothing that I need him to do or say or be, right? That I accept him fully as he is because I understand the divine play, right? So any sort of judgment or attack thought is coming from me. And that creates the separation because of a false sense of enmeshment and dependency. And yet we're all connected. Um, So when, I'm just looking at my notes to make sure I don't miss anything. So when we get too entwined, when our identity gets wrapped up in the other, right, we push them away. And we make actual distance between them. Codependency actually creates distance, friends. It doesn't actually create intimacy. It creates a distance because attack thoughts and judgment exist and that feeling of you be this so then I can be this exists and it's how separation happens on a larger level. This makes sense. This is where the paradox comes in because if we're othering ourselves and not understanding that we are whole, then we're gonna be much more likely to other those around us, which creates a lot of the division that we're in right now as a society and then many of us personally, 
right? So there's a working it out on the personal level. I don't want to, I just want to be clear here that um, the systematic oppression that is happening in our society is a systematic oppression, and we're still responsible for working with our own stuff. It's a both and there too. Um, but when we move into that place of enmeshment, we actually lose the sweetness that is the play, right? That is the I get to be me and you get to be you and we get to move together in love. And this happens in our relationships with ourselves, right? There's the one who watches like we talked about in the meditation and the one who watches gets to sweetly look at our intellect, at our emotions, at our physical body, Right? And there's this beautiful like play in that, this softness and this sweetness there. And then the duality gets to happen with other people where I get to be me and you get to be you. And then we come together and get to practice love together in the same way I'm practicing love with myself. And then it happens with spirit where I get to ask for help and divine guidance and to call out and to love and play with God. And that because there's a me and because there's a spirit, that there gets to be this beautiful divine relationship because love is ultimately relational friends. And when we move away from like being too, uh, away from the duality too much, right? Love can't exist because it gets to like this. Love has to move in the relational aspects between people, between ourselves and with God. And that ultimately, to, it's just like such a huge relief, you know? Can you think of how free you would be without needing someone else to be who you think you need them to be for you to be happy? This is the path to freedom, is combing our minds and our hearts in this way, right? So that we can ultimately be connected with ourselves, with God, and with one another. And that is freedom. Um, okay, I think I got it all. And that, like that quote, I put it up on my thing yesterday, if you saw it, and I say it all the time, love is saying yes to what is, right? And with each other, we can say yes to who each other, to who one another are. We can be completely accepting and loving and open and spacious, both with ourselves and one another. Um, you see, it was a big one. <laughs> I would rewatch it. I'll probably put it on the podcast. Um, but it's it's something I think that's actually very important for us if you're not already starting to work with these patterns within yourself because we all have them. Um, just to be able to shine the light there and notice when an expectation or a desire or a grasping is coming up in regards to someone else's behavior. And can we bring it back and turn it back toward ourselves? Okay.